You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. I am very thankful that we have a governor uh, who really does recognize uh, the power of prayer. And so it was really encouraging when uh, I saw that come across uh, in my email uh, this past week that she had signed a proclamation uh, and setting aside this day as a, as a day for prayer. And I just think that that is so powerful um, that we have a governor um, that really recognizes and, and really appreciates uh, and is not afraid uh, to call the body of Christ uh, together to pray. And so just continue to pray for her. Um, I love that the House of Prayer uh, does do that on a regular basis. And they're praying not just for our president, but praying for our governor, praying for those who have authority over us. Because the scripture says when they lead well, we live in peace. We're blessed when they lead well. Um, and so again, just continue to pray uh, for those that are uh, in authority over um, us. And it's, you know, when Jim was talking about, you know, just uh, um, the beginning of, you know, the house of prayer for them, it was a, it was a beginning for a lot of things. And you just kind of really, you know, you really kind of just uh, triggered a lot of uh, thoughts. I, I remember when we first started doing that, I mean, it was just a small group of us and we would meet there. It was, it was at noon, wasn't it, that we started doing that and we would get there, and it was pretty warm out. I think it was probably like maybe May or June when we started that. And we really kind of thought that, you know, we were just going to do this for probably just a really short period of time. And uh, so we would, we would get there at noon, and we would go sit out. If you all remember where the old Hobby Lobby building used to be out there at Southport, they had uh, bought a new building uh, over closer uh, to the high V there. And so they had vacated that building, and we just really kind of thought as we were at YFC, we just kind of thought, what a great building. I mean, that would be so awesome to have um, for a church. And so, you know, Janie kind of got the idea, the vision, and just kind of said, hey, let's just go, and we're just going to kind of sit in front of that building, and we're just going to pray that God would make a way for us to get this building uh, for Praise Community Church. And so that's kind of what we did. We went over there uh, every day, uh, noon to, you know, I think one and We've just sat there uh, in our, we brought our own folding chairs and we had our Bibles and we're just kind of sitting there. We're just praying and reading and people are driving by very slowly and, and just kind of looking, trying to figure out what is going on there. Um, I think at that time that the, the, that cigarette, uh, the beer and cigarette place, I mean, that was uh, very close to where we were. And so I think maybe people thought we were maybe praying to try to get that shut down and, you know, you know uh, so anyway. I think people were just driving by and wondering what is going on. And then, you know, it kind of went from one month into two, into three months. And am I getting this wrong? Oh, okay. I'm. Okay, okay. So we started in September. We kind of thought that it was just going to be a month or two at the most, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's just saying it's your story. Tell it the way you want to tell it. I'll hear about it when I get home. <laughs> anyway, um, so we, we kind of started doing this in September. And by the way, this has nothing to do with the message. I may get to it, I may not. Anyway, um, 
but it's just kind of a cool story if you really don't know. And so um, I think as it you know, kind of started getting into October, it started really kind of getting cold and it started getting really challenging. And we really didn't feel like we had a whole lot of movement um, on this. We had made some initial contacts and uh, we really didn't have any, any traction at all. And so we kind of decided we wanted to keep going. And so we kind of moved it into the Willowbrook Mall because we had offices there um, and we moved it up there and we just kind of continued praying. And I don't remember exactly when it was. I just remember driving by Southport one day and looking over and seeing that the roof to the building of this Hobby Lobby had completely collapsed. March 7th. Do you want to come up and finish? <laughs> yes. Anyway, she's better with dates than I am, obviously. Um, so anyway, uh, then the whole thing had kind of collapsed, and there was just kind of this sense of, was kind of disappointment. You know, we were, we were kind of confused, and we're kind of wondering what, you know, we really kind of felt like this was, you know, what God called us to do. There was the reason why God called us to do that, and then to have something like that happen, you know, it was just kind of one of those things where you're just kind of like, man, God, what are you doing? And just, oh, here she comes. <laughs> All right, so she went down this path, okay. So I know what day it was because I had had a dream that morning and, uh, and it, was a, it was a Sunday morning. And, uh, Is so her I, mic on? I, oh, your mic's not I, on here. Okay, here. I had a dream and so um, I didn't realize the significance of the dream at the time, but then when I went to church that morning and drove by that building, that's when I saw the roof was collapsed. And I thought, seriously, <laughs> I mean, could you get a clearer no? I don't think so. <clears throat> so, um, so then that night we were doing a How to Hear God's Voice class. We had been doing a How to Hear God's Voice class on Sunday nights. And that night, the focus was on dreams and how God can speak through dreams. And so I thought, well, I had a dream you know, this morning that, you know, I remember, which that's unusual. And uh, the dream was about a bus and I was on a bus and my dad was driving the bus and I was sitting right behind him, kind of sideways like that, watching over his shoulder to see where we were going. And as I was watching, I noticed that he wasn't even watching the road. He was looking over here and over there and over here. And I kind of looked to see what was happening and realized we were going the wrong way on a one-way street. And, and I said, we're going the wrong way on a one-way street. Aren't you paying attention? You know, I said, we're responsible for all these people on the bus. And you're not even watching to see where you're going. And uh, so as I was sharing that dream, somebody said, well, sometime your dad can symbolize God. And I said, well, yeah, that makes sense because I didn't feel like it was about my dad, even though it was my dad driving. And uh, so I know what day it was because a couple of days later, it was my birthday, which is March 9th. And uh, all of a sudden- I knew that. Yeah. 
So all of a sudden, on my birthday, I don't know, probably you can probably tell what the dream was about already, I realized what this dream was about, that I had the morning that I discovered the roof was collapsed, and that's that it may look like God's not paying attention, and that you're going the wrong way on a one-way street, but God is God, and he knows what he's doing. And so quit being a backseat driver and sit down and know you're not responsible for all the people on the bus. Um, <laughs> I am. So um, it was just a confirmation to me that God is in control. And even though the roof collapsed, God knows what he's doing. And then that summer, we became aware of this building, you know, which if we had our sights and were believing for something else, it would have been difficult to be open and also maybe even become aware that this building was available. But so that's the story. <laughs> now you know. And more importantly, I know. But again, it just really kind of comes back to my point being that oftentimes we can become very, very disappointed um, in where we think God's going and what we think God is doing. And God knows and God understands he has a much better plan. Y'all remember when we all bought that property on 12th Street, I mean, we, we had visions for a $1.8 million building out there that really wasn't going to be all that big of a building. And you remember, I mean, it was, we had guarantees from the banks. We had, we had letters signed. Um, I mean, the money was pretty much ours. It, was, it just wasn't in our account yet, but it was pretty much ours. And if you remember back in 2008, when Lehman Brothers kind kind of collapsed. Uh, it kind of set off kind of a, a domino effect among the lending industries, and all these banks kind of just became scared to death, and everybody withdrew any kind of offer that they had out there, and we were, I mean, we had nothing. We went from having $1.8 million to nothing, and then this building kind of became available. And, I, and again, I mean, only God could have done this um, because when this building was built back in the early 60s, it was 250000 a quarter of a million dollars to build this building back in, in the 60s. That's a huge chunk of change back then. And a lot of you know that the, the Elks defaulted on the building. Um, and so all the bank wanted for the building was they just wanted to get their money, their loan out of it, which I think was like about $55,000. And then there were a couple of liens. We ended up getting this building for like $75,000. I mean, just unheard of. And, and that was God's plan all along. Um, and, and we were just kind of along for the ride. But again, so much of what Jim said, I really believe so much of that was guided because we really were not just praying, we were really seeking his presence. We really wanted to know, God, what is it you're calling us to do? What is it you're wanting to do? And, and, and you know, when Jesus, and this has absolutely nothing to do with what I wanted to talk about this morning, but again, when Jesus said, I thirst, basically he's just saying, it's okay to let God know what you're feeling. In those times when we are disappointed, it's all right to say, God, I am disappointed. 
I am confused. I'm angry about what is happening here. I'm angry or I'm confused or I'm disillusioned about the direction you're taking me right now. I'm, I'm frustrated. It's okay to tell God what it is we need. And, and, and so Jesus is there on that cross and he is experiencing thirst like we've never ever experienced in our lives and he simply just lets his need be known to God. I just want to just, again, I just want to ask for um, just continued prayer. Janie and I uh, met with a group yesterday. I kind of shared a story this winter about finding a young man um, one very, very cold, snowy morning uh, who was laying in front of the church doors, uh, just covered in snow, and he was freezing. Um, I don't know how long he had been there, and I just remember the impact that that had on me and my feeling of just saying, this is not okay. This is not right, um, and really believing that, that God was really kind of stirring my heart, uh, especially to really begin to try to look at what, what can we do about this? And so we started uh, yesterday, uh, the very, very beginning, the first step of many, many steps that we are looking uh, to establish what is called a wet shelter, um, a place where anybody can go anytime for any reason. Um, we've got so many great things, great programs, great organizations, great ministries in Mason City that really do a great job at, at helping people and connecting uh, people to needs. The one thing we do not have is, is a place where people can go um, at, at any point for any reason. We have homeless shelters, but again, you can't go there uh, unless um, you can pass a, a UA. If, if you're uh, drunk, if you're on drugs, I mean, they won't take you in. And, and we understand that, and we think that's a good thing. Um, but again, what do we do with these people? Um, and, and so it was very, very encouraging. Yesterday, we had people that showed up that we didn't even know were coming, that had heard about this meeting, um, that are working working um, in other uh, agencies here in Mason City that recognize and say, we are getting calls all the time. We don't know what to do with these people. Something needs to happen. Something needs to be developed. And so uh, we have taken the first, uh, again, are going to be a lot of steps uh, to really trying to make this um, a reality, uh, to, to really say, okay, God, what is it that you're calling us to do? We kind of did the Nehemiah study. And, and as I kind of, you know, uh, kept going through that, again, I, I kept, you know, seeing that, that, that there was a connection that God was making in the story of Nehemiah to those um, who had needs, the poor, um, that, that God is always mindful. He's always aware of uh, the poor and the oppressed. And we, as Christians, Part of our mandate, part of our mission is, where Jim kind of talked about, again, the least of these, is we, we've got to be able to 
in meaningful and in, in helpful ways, we've got to be able to reach out uh, to the least of these, the most vulnerable. And, and so we would just ask your prayers. Uh, our hope is, and, and what we're asking God for, is we're asking God that we could have something in place, even if it's just a temporary place, just something in place that we can begin that before the, the hard months of winter um, settle in again. Um, so that's really kind of our goal, and we would just ask that you would just be prayerful uh, and, and just pray for us, pray for uh, divine strategies, pray for guidance um, in, in how God wants um, us to do this, um, and, and we'll really do everything that we can to kind of keep you updated on that. Um, I'm, I am so excited um, about not just that, but I'm just so excited about the direction that God has for our church. And, and I don't know fully what that is. I, it, it's kind of like, I feel like I see it in, in pieces and in parts and just asking God, just bring um, this together. And, and I love the idea of being able to begin to bring other organizations that, that maybe kind of are, are uh, a, a non-faith-based organizations, being able to bring them in together and begin to partner with them and to show them what we have to offer, that, that there is compassion, there is concern for the poor, for the oppressed, for the least of these, for the vulnerable um, in our society. And we believe believe that God has called the church. We believe that God has uniquely positioned the church to be an answer to that, to be the hands, the feet um, of Jesus. And so again, we want to be able to demonstrate that. We want to be able to begin to uh, strengthen um, not just ours, but the universal church's perception um, and, and witness in the community, that we care about our community uh, in, in in every way. And so again, just pray for us um, in that um, and that God would just continue to bring the right people, the right resources at the right time um, in, in, in doing this. So I really, really appreciate um, that. And what I want to just focus on as I, I kind of wrap up this morning, um, I didn't, I didn't hit this last week and I apologize, but I want to hit that again this week. In your bulletin, there is um, kind of a uh, spiritual bucket list uh, in there. And one of the things that we've really been kind of talking about in this series of, on the bucket list is that, that Jesus had a bucket list. He didn't call it that, but it was basically some things that Jesus wanted to say and or do before he died. And so we've been kind of focusing on the last seven words um, of Jesus. And so when Jesus used that word, I thirst, one of the biggest things that he is trying to do is again, identify, he's trying to communicate to us that he understands our pains, our weaknesses. I love that Callie uh, spoke into that um, this morning. God understands through what Jesus went through on the cross. God understands what it is to hunger and to thirst. God understands what it is to be rejected. When Jesus was rejected, God understood that. And, and God was compassionate in that. And so Jesus is expressing a, a, a human need. He's expressing a human desire, a human hurt. And he's showing us and he's communicating to us 
God identifies with that. He understands that. God knows what it is to grieve uh, because of what Jesus experienced, because of what Jesus went through. God understands because Jesus was God in human flesh. And, And God understands in a very, very real way what it is to grieve. Remember when uh, Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus and, and, and John says this was someone that Jesus loved. God knows what it is to love a, a, a person. Um, he knows what it is when a person dies to feel that grief associated with their death. And it says that Jesus stood there at the tomb and he wept. God understands grief. He understands rejection. Jesus, I talked about this last week, Jesus wasn't just uh, rejected um, by, you know, his, his family. He was also rejected basically by most, if not all of the disciples. He was rejected by uh, the nation of Israel. And you remember that moment uh, we talked about, again, that darkness that came upon the land. It was God's way of saying to Jesus that he also turned his Back. And for the very first time, Jesus felt, knew firsthand what it felt like to be alone, to be forsaken, to be abandoned. God understands that. So you may be here this morning and you may be struggling in grief or you may be struggling with rejection. You may be struggling here this morning uh, with, you know, physical issues. God understands and he cares. And so oftentimes for us, it's just being able to say, I thirst, I hunger. And again, that can be a physical hunger, thirst. It can be a spiritual hunger and thirst. God understands both. And he speaks to both. Jesus talked to that woman at the well uh, about that water, that life-giving water, that water that he could give her that would spring up within her to everlasting life. Do you know what everlasting life is? His presence. It's knowing him. That's what Jesus said. This is eternal life, that they would know you and that they would know the one that you have sent. Eternal life is knowing God intimately. That's that living water. When we say, I thirst for more of you, God, I hunger for more of you, God, what he gives is he gives that in a way that it springs up, it wells up, it manifests itself in us by coming into a greater knowledge, a greater awareness, a greater understanding of who he is and who we are in him. So for for you this morning, maybe what you need to put on that spiritual bucket list uh, is maybe you just need to experience a greater degree, a deeper degree of hunger and thirst for the living God. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're just kind of feeling rejected or disillusioned or angry or lost or just disconnected. Again, it's okay to say, here are my needs. Here's where I'm struggling. Here's where I'm hurting. Here's where I need you most, God. It's okay to say that. It's okay to speak that to God. Again, he understands. 
So if there are some other things, we've talked again about just that need for forgiveness. We've talked about, again, just the need for maybe making preparations, maybe making sure that your relationships with family are are good. Maybe that's something that you need to add to your bucket list. There's a person that I need to go and be restored to. There's a person I need to go and to ask their forgiveness. There's a person that maybe you need to go and just simply say, I forgive you. They've never asked for it. In your mind, they don't deserve it, but it's what God calls us to do because it's in forgiving that we find forgiveness. And and as Jim said, there is a joy in being forgiven. And we cannot walk in that until we have forgiven those who have trespassed against us. And so maybe that needs to be part of your spiritual bucket list. And then we just want you to roll that up on the piece of paper and then just stick it in the cross. Don't put your name on it. No one's going to look at those. They're just going to be put up there. And again, it's simply our committing to God. As Jesus made a spiritual bucket list, as Jesus said, here are certain things I need to say and or do before I die, we want this to also be your focus as well. God, there are some things I need to say or do before my time comes. And I hope for all of you, it is a long, long time away, but we have no guarantees. And so maybe this morning, again, we just want you to be able to just come before God and ask God, God, are there things that you're calling me to do, things in my life that are undone, that I just need to commit to doing, to pursuing, to saying, and and just bring that, put that on the cross as a way, again, of just committing that to God. I am committed, God, to pursuing this, to allowing you to open the doors, to to lead me, uh, that this can be done so that like Jesus, Jesus died completely accomplishing and fulfilling the will of his heavenly Father. That also is our goal, is that we would die knowing that we have done, that we have fulfilled God's purpose, his plan, his mission for our lives. Amen? Let's just stand, and we're just going to pray into this this morning. This isn't what I had planned, but that's okay, right? (laughs) Father, we just thank you. We thank you again, God, just for your goodness, for your faithfulness, God, again, as you just stirred up those memories um, this morning, God, again, a way of just going back and, and testifying to your goodness, to your provision, to your plans and your purposes, Father, which your, your word says, God, your, your ways are not our ways. Our ways are not your ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. And, and, and God, we are reminded of that as, again, we look back in our history here as a church. And God, you knew all along. And God, your ways are perfect. Mysterious, oftentimes confusing to us, but always perfect. And Father, we believe that even in spite of everything that Jesus went through, especially that last week, those final six hours as he hung upon the cross, suffering, 
suffering in a way, God, that we would never know, that we would never understand. Not just suffering physically, but suffering spiritually. God, I believe the one thing he never lost sight of was, God, your ways are perfect. So this morning, God, I pray that that would be the position the place of our heart this morning, in spite of what we may be going through, in spite of what we may be experiencing this morning, God, that we can just look at all of that. And through it all, God, that we can acknowledge, that we can know that your ways are perfect. So Father, this morning, I just ask God, as you again, just continue to stir our hearts. That God, if there are things on our spiritual bucket list, things that we need to do, things that we need to get in order, things that we need to complete before this life is over, God, I pray that you would just impress that upon our hearts. God, that we would, again, just write those things down, that we would bring them, that we would commit them to the cross. And we commit them because Jesus completed his life, fulfilling your will perfectly. And Father, we, we want that to be our heart as well this morning. So by bringing that, God, we are saying, God, help us, empower us, Lord, to be able to fulfill our life's purpose and mission, God, that we would not leave anything undone or unsaid. And we thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.